Warning, the episode you are about to listen to most likely contains graphic language, details of violence and murder, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to Murder With My Mother. I am Danica. And I'm Christy, the mother half. We are back today with episode four. And if you've just joined us for the first time, then welcome to Murder With My Mother. A true crime podcast where my mother and I sit and have the conversations that we pretty much just have all the time in real life in front of a microphone and we record it so you guys can listen to us. For every other episode, we have covered, you know, we've covered bullying, we've covered child murder, and we've covered spousal murder. So for today, we picked a case that has been in the media a little bit more lately because of the release of the new Netflix special called... American Murder. In American Murder, they talk about the total family annihilation of the Watts family by the husband, Chris Watts. He killed his wife, Shanann, and his two young daughters, Bella and Cece. And Shanann was actually 15 weeks pregnant with their third child, a baby that they had started to call Nico. The boy they'd always wanted. She was a real go-getter previously in her life, but with the onset of her lupus, I think she was struggling to kind of get out of a dark place that she was in when she happened to get a friend request on Facebook in 2010 from a man named Chris Watt. The couple got married on November 3rd in 2012, and they had their first daughter in 2013, Bella, on December 17th. They had their second daughter, Celeste, July 17th, 2015. So they got married and they had a happy life and by all accounts they were trying for their third baby and had conceived their third baby. They had moved to a different town than they used to live in. Yeah, so they moved to Frederick, Colorado. And they had they purchased were, a house. Chris had a good job. Her multi-level marketing business. She was a really big poster. Like, she posted a lot on Facebook. I know that the movie that they just released on Netflix was actually totally done with her videos, her own personal videos that she shared, and videos of, obviously, body cam evidence and footage from interviews and things like that. She did a lot of posting, so you're going to put a lot of stuff about your family and your friends and your significant other. It's actually so crazy how recorded... All of their lives were. Well, yeah, they made a whole documentary based on personal video. And that's like everybody, though. It's 2020. A lot of people, you can go and look up a scary amount of information on kind of anybody. Mom. (laughs) My mom is like a Facebook investigator. Like if I ever tell her anything about one person, she's like sending me like their third cousin's screenshots. (laughs) Before you know it, I'm in their grandma's Turkish vacation. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) So I get a little too deep in the creek sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's your specialty. It's okay. It's what I like to do. So yeah. If I ever seem very familiar with you and we meet person, that would be why. Yeah. If she ever shows up on your people you may know and you have zero mutual friends, it's just because she was, she was just creeping you. I'm an investigator. Yeah, specialty. You know, I called myself a true crime connoisseur. She calls herself a special investigator. And it's true. Yeah. Shanann put a lot of stuff on Facebook. So they were able to make that whole movie from personal videos. So on the 29th of May in 2018, there's a video posted of Shanann 
announcing to her husband, Chris, that she was pregnant again. And her shirt in the video, it says, oops, we did it again. And she has pregnancy test. And her husband, it shows her husband walking in, reads her shirt and kind of puts two and two together, walks up and looks genuinely happy. Like, oh my God, really? I think he said, if you want something bad enough, it happens, yeah. I guess. So these murders were committed in August. This was in May. So the end of May. Yeah. So was he truly happy at that moment or was he just caught on tape with nothing else to say that he knew was going to be on Facebook? Yeah. And friends of the family and other people that were interviewed said that Chris had always been a little bit overweight. He never had been in really good shape. And just around that time, he had gotten in really good shape. He was going for runs all the time. I know to a lot of people, yeah, it's very good to get into shape and everything. But a lot of the time, if you come from not having always been in shape, not having a very good... You know, your self-esteem is not Yeah, good. your self-esteem has never been good. And you start to get different types of attention. It's a monster. Well, that's the thing is it could be a red flag for someone who's married, especially when they start taking more pride in the way that they look, the way that they groom themselves, the way that they're portraying themselves to the world. And Shanann actually had started to pick up on that. And she wasn't feeling her best because she was still going through the beginning stages of pregnancy, not feeling well, you know, starting to gain weight, stuff like that. So they were kind of at some, at two different places in their lives. Yeah. And the hormones, they're making you feel something different every five minutes, really. So since something from your husband is wrong, you're going to look into it a lot more. I think obviously if you're more hormonal and you're, it's really impacting how you feel all the time and you need to be feeling good, especially when you're carrying that little person inside of you, right? Because they, they feed off your, not just your food and everything that you eat, but your energy and and your mental health and everything is affects the fetus as well, right? So yeah, look at you guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're super super mentally healthy. <laughs> Shanann uh, was involved in a multi level marketing company. She did thrive. I mean, actually, I've had girlfriends that have sold them too. I'm not one for for the multi level marketing. I'm I just, detest it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not good at it because I'm not good at bothering people. You know, there's a lot of push and a lot of pressure and I've just never been good at sales. So. And and with multi-level marketing, I mean, your whole business stems from how many people you get to enroll underneath you. And some people call it a pyramid scheme, but it's definitely something that involves being a social creature and being out there on your social media and reaching out to everyone and making yourself look successful and being successful not only in your business, but what the products are supposed to do for you. And I think Thrive is very geared towards health. And yeah, and it's safe to take when you're pregnant. Yeah. I know that you can see there's a, a picture of Shanann um, on her side profile holding her tummy. It says boy or girl. You know, she didn't know yet. This is before she found out the gender. And it's she's wearing her thrive patch so even that putting up the video and the picture of you know i'm pre i'm healthy and, and and just trying to be you have to be in people's faces all the time with the products that is something that you people want to see you know if it's working for you they want to see it they want the company wants you to show people how useful it is and, and when you go to these events that multi-level marketing puts on 
it's all about the hype and the pump and the every person in there is so into what they're doing and in order to strive ahead and make more money they promise you a lot of different stuff like free cars if you reach a certain platform and stuff like that there's always rewards and you have to always 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 be very on your game with multi-level marketing that's why I hate it because <laughs> you're not on your game or <laughs> yeah I just I'm, I'm an introverted extrovert so yeah, to be yeah. an extrovert at all times doesn't work for me yeah my mom had an ex-husband that was like super into multi-level marketing so he pretty much ruined everything for her including <laughs> that so it's okay hopefully he's listening <laughs> anyway sidebar sidebar murder for my mother's other podcast <laughs> star. just kidding Shanann was very much an extrovert. She was very good at, well, she was very good at this. She was very, it was, it looked very natural for her to yeah. be, be on in the videos, to be, she looked like she was, she loved her life and she wanted people to see, you know, she loved the man she was married to. She loved being the mother to those girls and she was very happy to be having her third child. Yeah. So Shanann was doing, doing her thrive and she was really, uh, she was going away for it and she made friends in it and she was just really invested in her multi-level, her job. Her job. It was to her. It was perfect. Yeah. On Thursday, the 9th of August, Shanann went to Arizona with a group for thrive and they were gone from that Thursday to late at night on the Sunday, the Monday morning. Like a cult training session kind of thing? Basically, yeah. It's I think you know you've been to I've been to that. I've been to many of them, so Yeah, so mom knows all about those. So they were gone for the weekend and Shanann had asked her friend Nicole if she would come with her on that Monday and drive her to her OBGYN appointment. And they were getting home late Sunday night and Nicole dropped her off uh Sunday night. I think it was around two in the morning. Yeah. And there's actually video of Shanann walking up to the front door on the front door cam and going inside the house. And that's the last time she's ever seen. Because Nicole was supposed to go with her the next morning, she had called her and kind of, you know, waited obviously to hear back from her. But after the time passed from the OBGYN appointment, she became increasingly worried. She actually called the OBGYN office and they confirmed that Shanann had not made her appointment. And Nicole was calling Chris or texting Chris and he wasn't being very helpful. So she decided to drive over to Shanann's house with her son. And she looked in and everything seemed to be in order, but she was really weirded out because her car was still there. And the that was the only way I mean, with two kids. Like when I had one kid, one small child, it's hard enough to pack up and get my stuff and go. But with two and you're pregnant where you feel like probably a bag of assholes. Yeah. Like how you feel the whole pregnancy. Well, so, that was your pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everyone feels like a bag of assholes okay. for the whole pregnancy. Well, I hope sh regardless, if when you're pregnant, you don't have very much energy. So the fact that she would have packed up her kids and gone for just a walk and yeah. not, you know, not taking her car seems like it was suspicious. And her friend, knowing her well, thought it was suspicious as well. So, and another thing is that she couldn't reach her on the phone because Shanann was known for being tied to her phone. I mean, that's part of also part of the business she was in. She was always had her phone on her at all times, was always texting, was always calling, was always posting. And there had been no activity from her at all that day. Which is a very helpful thing about the time we're living in is if somebody is considered missing, you can, you can look, yeah, you can look at their bank history, 
but people will not stay off social media. People love social media. I'm, I, for me, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's not even paying attention. But for me, you lose sight of something for a second. You forget what you're doing. And all of a sudden you're scrolling through your Instagram, which it will say that you were last active, you know, Facebook, your Facebook messenger. It, it, it says that stuff. If you're last active last night, it will say, you know, last active time. 10 o'clock or whatever. So for her to not be active for so many hours or to see her not post, that is also a red flag. Totally a red flag. Especially if you're her close friend and you know her very well. I know my girlfriends. I know if I don't, if I message one of my girlfriends and they don't reply to me, I mean, okay, one of my best friends just had a baby, so that's fine. But normally if she wouldn't have replied in a you know timely manner, you're going to get a little bit suspicious. And I have reached out to my friend's boyfriends or moms or whatever. I'm like, Hey, is so-and-so okay? I haven't heard from her. And usually it is just a, their phone died or they're stuck somewhere without any way of contacting anybody. So Shanann had been going through problems with her husband. She was noticing, like we said, the difference in his behavior with his physicality and the way he was taking care of himself and stuff like that. But he had also increasingly become more and more distant from her. There's text messages that she had sent to some of her friends saying, Chris won't even fuck me. He won't even look at me. He won't even yeah. touch me. Uh, basically saying, I feel like so gross. What did I do wrong? He's so cold. He's so distant. And she even canceled their gender, gender reveal party because he wasn't even acting that much into the pregnancy anymore. So he was totally withdrawing from the relationship. Yeah, she said that he came to the ultrasound and didn't even seem like he was even yeah, there. Yeah, he wouldn't even hold her hand. Yeah, which again, when you're going through something like that, you've already had two pregnancies with this partner of yours, you know. Who was totally engaged the last two times. Yeah, you're going to notice a big difference if, if there's a big difference in behavior, for sure. And also, by all accounts before this time, um, he was a very loving, caring dad and husband. He was... Um, Maybe not the alpha in the relationship. She kind of was known for being the alpha in the relationship, but he was always basically kissing her ass. Yeah, which you notice, again, if that's something that you are totally acting different and you're totally black and white, that's something that's going to be very evident to not only your partner, to people around you. And that it looks like they had quite a few friends that were regular friends and would see them regularly. So Nicole, because she... Like I said, she was very worried when she went to the house and she saw the car was still there. So she right away called the police and asked them to come do a, a welfare check on Shanann and the kids. So on June 27th, Shanann, Bella, and Cece went to North Carolina for a five-week vacation. And Chris was going to join them the last week they were there. But he was becoming increasingly more distant when they got there. And then she happened to go visit his parents. And his mother um, made something that had nuts in it or brought something that had nuts in it around Cece, who was highly allergic to nuts. So it ended in a dispute between Shanann and Chris Watts' mom. They didn't even go to Cece's birthday party because they were so mad. And Chris was not really um, getting involved in defending her. So she was having some messages that came up later saying you're not even defending your own family and you're being distant and all of this stuff basically just compiled. And she said, you don't even act like you've missed me in all this time. So it was all kind of going down the shitter at this point. He had to work, so he didn't go for the whole five weeks, but he met them there. 
and he wouldn't even be intimate with her. He wouldn't sleep with her. He wouldn't initiate anything. He was cold. Again, when you're married to somebody for eight years, those are things that if they're going to totally change their whole personality and behavior, that is going to be a big indicator that something is going on. Yeah, she had texts one of her friends saying that um, he won't even sleep with me. The only thing I can think is there must be another girl. So everybody flew home and Shanann had, again, just noticed that there was a distance. There was a distance between Chris. He was acting very cold towards her and she kind of started to get the idea in his head that something else was going on. So when she went away to her Thrive weekend, the last weekend of her life, she was barely eating. She was super upset the whole time. Her friend was really worried about her and she had mentioned that they had discussed separating. Uh, Shanann actually sent her friend a picture of a handwritten letter that she wrote Chris addressing their marital issues. So she had sent her the letter saying, this is what I'm going to send him. Um, you know, last night we had a really great talk. It was the greatest talk we've had so far. And that was on that Thursday. And she was gone from the 9th to, like we said, early mornings of the 13th. So that brings us back to the house. And so uh, Nicole called the police and she said that they needed to come do a welfare check because her, again, it was unusual. She knew her friend very well and this was unusual for her. And Chris said that he hadn't heard anything from her either, that he was trying to get a hold of her all morning, but they'd had a talk and she might be mad at him, but she wasn't answering his messages either. He messaged her several times also. So the police showed up at the house and they didn't have permission to go in. So they were peering through the windows. Everything looked pretty normal. It was all clean and orderly and everything. And then Chris ended up showing up. Yeah, so Chris had came and he said that Shanann let him know in that morning that she would be taking the girls to a friend's house and apparently she didn't specify which friend. He also let the police know that they had been involved in an emotional conversation earlier that morning before he had left for work but didn't give any specifics about what the conversation really entailed. And all of that information was very strange because the girls' school didn't know they weren't coming, the doctor didn't know that they weren't coming you know his story didn't match up with anyone else's story and once they got access when chris came home the police went into the house and they saw that shanann's vehicle like we said which is what alerted nicole in the first place was still there and all her belongings including her cell phone and her purse which is very odd where, where would you go with two little girls without your cell phone in your purse especially if you're so tied to your phone like she was exactly and if you look, because you can look, like I said, the whole, this whole thing is documented on police cam. This is what they made the documentary with. But when I used to watch, I when I first watched this, I can see in the beginning that the beds are stripped. And for me, you know, I, I'm familiar with what happens in a, in a murder. A lot of the time you're doing that and you're using those to destroy the evidence, right? You're stripping your bed, you're, you're washing your clothes, you're... If you're going to kill someone, you need to remake the bed because that's a pretty big sign yes well don't give people tips on how to make the bed we want we want you to get caught if you're murdering people especially your whole family so yeah no ignore that part that my mom said <laughs> another thing too was shanann's wedding ring was on the bathroom counter and chris in one of the videos comes out and says her wedding ring's here and is holding it up to show the police like oh she must have been so mad at me she took off her ring and she took off her ring it. she left her cell phone she left her purse she left her car and she took our kids 
with our blankets from our bed and she left. And the little girls each had a blanket that were like their blankies that were special to them and they were both missing. Yeah, my son has always had a blanket that he carries and I know it's very common for kids. He calls it his his kiki, it's his blanket, it's blanket that he carries with him everywhere. So the fact that those were gone as well were, he kind of used that to say, you know, the, the girls kids, aren't yeah. here, they must have went somewhere, they took mm -hmm. their blankets with them. So while the police were there, the neighbor came over and let the police know that his surveillance camera from the front of his house pointed in the direction of the Watts' home. And they could probably see that the direction that Shanann went in with the girls to kind of narrow down the area to check. And see how they left. Yeah. Because it had to have been with someone else or on foot. Yeah. So the police and Chris went over to the neighbor's house and watched the surveillance tape. And you can see in the tape around 5.30 in the morning, Chris loads up his truck. He pulls his truck up to the garage, loads it up, and then he takes off for work. So once that tape is done, the police let Chris leave and he goes back home. But the neighbor alerts the police and says that he's acting really strange and very out of character because he's normally a super quiet guy. But right now he was being overly chatty and... Rattling on and on and on with details. And yeah, and he also said, which... <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't notice because I don't ever look at my neighbors. I know who lives next door to me. But it says, he said he never pulls his truck up to the garage before he leaves for work. And he had actually pulled it so the box was in the garage, like pulled it right up to the garage. Yeah. So on August 14th, the next day, there's they didn't put out a Amber Alert for Shanann because her car was still there. So there's missing posters everywhere. They're going around. They're interviewing all of the neighbors to see if anyone's seen anything. But essentially, there's nothing because they never even, you know, they, they vanished. So on the next day, Chris went uh, on Denver 7, which is a local news there, and did a long interview stating that he just wanted the girls to come home. The house isn't the same. And if someone has them, to bring them both back. Uh, I just wanted to pl play a clip of that interview that Chris did on Denver 7. It was tearing, tearing me apart last night, and I needed that. I needed that left. If they're safe right now, they're going to come back. But if they're not safe right now, that's what that's the not knowing part. Like, if they're not safe, I, I, last night I was had every light in the house on. I was hoping that I would just get just ran over by the kids running in the door, just like they were rushing me, but it didn't happen. And it was just a traumatic night trying to be here. I mean, I make my kids in my life. I mean, those, those smiles light up my life. So basically he's a piece of shit and a really, really good liar is what I took from that interview. He's very chatty Kathy though, which is not his usual self. And anyone that was listening to that, I don't know, like he rambles, he rambles yeah. because I know for myself, if I'm in an awkward <laughs> situation, I'm like, anyway, so yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then, you know, you just keep going and going and going because you're, you're uncomfortable. Uh, the next day, August 15th, police discovered that, surprise, surprise, <gasps> Christopher has a mistress. And he, they get him to come in to do a lie detector because every obvious sign is pointing to this man has done something horrible to his family. And not just to his wife, who was pregnant, but to both of his young daughters. Yeah, and especially, I mean, there was a lot of uh, cam footage in the neighborhood and no one ever saw any of the three of them walk out of that house. So. No, so they had to leave somehow because they weren't there when the police got yeah, there. Unless there was a vortex in the living room. Again, surprise, surprise, 
Chris fails his lie detector test. And you can see again in the interview, like in the, in the tape of the, the lie detector test, the lie detector lady's like, she's really like giddy and kind of like, okay, well, here are the rules of the lie detector test. And then you can see she goes over the rules so many times that you know, when you fail that test, it's not because, oh, you asked me the question wrong. It's because this person's lying. And she said in the video on Netflix. So at the end of this interview, we're going to know if you're lying. I will know for sure if you're lying. So if you are lying, there's no point in even doing, doing this, this test. Yeah. Yeah. And he still goes on with the lie detector test and abysmally fails the lie detector test. Yeah. So she comes back in the room with one of the police officers and they start to say what they usually say to someone when they know that you've murdered. They, you know, they, the cops either go with the good cop, bad cop, or they go, we're all both going to be on your side or talk to us. We understand what happened. They kind of tried to feed you stuff so that you think it's your idea and you tell them. So what they said to him was, Tell us what happened. What happened to Shanann? She did, killed the kids, didn't she? Yeah. Didn't did you, you her? hurt her because she hurt the kids? And then his dad was there, had been at the police station in another room, and he had asked to speak to his father. So his father comes in the room, and you see him break down and say to his father, I killed Shanann because I wanted a divorce, and she got so mad that she killed the girls, so I got so mad at her that I had to kill her. So exactly what had just been suggested to him by the police was now going to be, he knew he was backed into a corner. He knew it was all closing in. So he decided to make it, you know, at least he did it for a reason. Yeah. And it doesn't make you any less evil that you killed your wife that's 16 weeks pregnant, but just doesn't make you, I guess, in your mind as evil if you didn't kill your little girls. That same night, Chris is arrested on three charges of first degree murder and three charges of tampering with a deceased human body. He lets them know where the bodies are in yes. the same interview that he says that she killed the kids and he killed her. Yeah, so he had worked for an oil company called Anadarko. And so uh, on August 16th, they located Shanann's body and they also located the bodies of Cece and Bella. And so Shanann's body had been buried on the site in a very shallow grave. Three inches of dirt only over top of her body. And Bella and Cece had been stuffed into large oil tanks. And we'll put a picture of the oil tanks so that you guys can see what they were like. And the thing about the oil tanks is the opening, the small opening on the top of the oil tank was only eight inches. So I don't know if a lot of you are familiar with how big a four-year-old and a three-year-old are, but they're a lot bigger than eight inches. Than eight inches. Uh, they said that when they arrived there, they could see little blonde hairs and blood along the sides of the eight-inch opening. So he had to use some force to probably to get a lot them of in. force. Yeah. So on the 21st of August, Chris is arraigned. And again, he was sticking to that story. He only killed her because she killed the kids. And on November 6, 2018, Chris decided to plead guilty to avoid the death penalty. Yeah, he he pled guilty on killing everyone at that point because if he was found guilty of it and he didn't plead guilty, he would have gotten the death penalty. Yeah, and they actually added two additional charges because both of the children were under 12. And he also pled guilty to one count of 
unlawful termination of a pregnancy and again three counts of tampering with a deceased human body terrible so that was november 6th and on november 15th chris's mistress nicole kessinger did an interview with the denver post saying that he told her that he was in the midst of getting a divorce him and his wife were separated and basically that he lied to her about everything. And she had no idea that uh, Shanann was actually pregnant with her third child and that they were still together. So on November 19th, Chris was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. He received an additional 48 years for the unlawful termination of Shanann's pregnancy and 36 years for those three charges of tampering with a deceased body. Uh, after he was sentenced, he had his $5 million bail revoked, and he was immediately remanded to custody. So he was moved to an out-of-state location due to security concerns. I mean, as you can imagine, security concerns. once everyone it came out, yeah, everyone wanted to kill him, for sure. Well, that's, you know what? I will say that about the criminal justice system inside, which is from the criminals. Yeah. They don't tolerate anything to do with children. No. So, and especially, and women. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time, if they, if someone inside finds, and again, you're in there with some of the most vicious killers and you're just this geeky dad who happened to go crazy and kill his whole family. There's, there's some dangerous people in there. There's some people in there that kill because they want to kill, not because they, they want, I mean, he wanted to kill too, well, obviously. But. They have that whole uh, justice system that's, you know, just kind of their own justice system in jail. So yeah, they had to protect Chris, because they were pretty sure that he was going to be killed in jail. So he was moved to a maximum security prison in Wapen, Wisconsin, um, to continue serving his sentences. So pretty much up until now, I mean, everyone kind of had to put the pieces together. He had been sentenced. Everyone knew because he had pled guilty that he had murdered them. But, you know... There was, there was no exact timeline. Everyone knew, you know, in the morning of the 13th, he had gotten rid of their bodies, but there was nothing leading up to it. No, no concrete, this is what happened. There yeah, no, no total admission. Yeah, no total admission of even why, really. I mean, everyone yeah. could put together, okay, he had an affair, he, he wanted out of it. Yeah, I don't know why people think that maybe spending the rest of your life in jail for murdering four people would be better than just getting a divorce and seeing your kids on the weekend. I just don't understand when people kill everyone in their family, especially people that are connected that much to other people as Shanann was. Like, how do you think you're ever going to get away with the fact that she's missing? Like, no one's going to just be like, oh, okay, cool, she's missing. Go ahead and marry this other new woman that you met and... Yeah, don't bother looking for your kids or where they might be. Yeah, like, I I mean, to me, that's all just so irrational that I guess there must be something that just tweaks in a killer's mind that doesn't consider all the ramifications of actually committing familicide. Yeah, no, there's a lot that goes with that. So because everybody had all these questions and Chris was obviously sitting in jail and when something like that passes, he's already been sentenced. There's nothing that's going to happen. No one, you know, he can't apply for anything. He can't ever get out. So No. So in February, uh, on February 18th in 2019, Chris actually told the FBI what fully happened. So he asked to speak to them and said he wanted to fully confess everything. So Chris now, I, I've read that he found religion. So he's very religious. 
And I don't know if he reached out to these investigators because of his newfound religion and maybe he needed to clear his conscience or if he found religion after. I, I'm not 100% sure, but this screams to me that he needed to clear his conscience because, well, he probably couldn't really live with himself. Well, once you hear the details, I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff about what he did that will haunt him for the rest of his life. And maybe religion might make that a little bit easier to swallow. So he started off by saying that he had the girls for the weekend. And that Saturday night, he told Shanann that he was going to some kind of sports game to watch it with his buddies. But because he wasn't really careful because he didn't really care, he said. He actually got a babysitter and took Nicole, his mistress, out on a dinner date and used their joint debit card account. So Shanann obviously could see. So he wasn't covering his tracks by any means. And she was the type that she did look. We know that because she spoke to one of her girlfriends about it and realized that he had paid for two dinners mm -hmm. and two people's drinks. And I think the place was called The Lazy Dog, but if you look at pictures of it, it looks kind of like semi-fancy. <laughs> like, like Lazily fancy. There you go. Yeah, like jeans and a nice t-shirt, <laughs> you know, somewhere obviously where he wouldn't go with his friends that are there to watch, I don't know if it was a football game or whatever. Do you think he could wear a Canadian tuxedo there? Oh, anywhere. <laughs> Canadian tuxedo is meant for every occasion. So he confessed to the investigators that before... Shanann arrived home that night, he actually smothered his daughters and thought they were dead. So he put them in their beds, smothered them, and then left them, and he thought that he had killed them. He said that Shanann came home, so she got home, she initiated sex with him. Who the hell could even have sex after you've supposedly smothered your kids? What is it? Like, you, I don't know, you don't want to give your story away, but yeah, he was clearly fucked up. So... They had sex and they went back to sleep. In the morning, he said that he, they got into an argument and he got on top of her and he strangled her. He said she didn't fight, but he could see her whole eyes filling with blood. And he said that it looked like she might've been praying. So to his surprise, uh, because of the noise of their argument, Bella had, uh, came in as he was wrapping Shanann in a sheet. And he thought Bella was dead, but she yeah. was not dead, clearly. So she asked what was wrong, like, what's wrong with mommy? And Chris was still so shocked that she was even alive because he had just smothered her and her sister. So he was probably trying to take in all of this at once. And I mean, adrenaline, yeah, but think about you just finished killing your wife and the kid you think just died comes into the room to ask what's wrong with their mom. That's super crazy. But he brought Shanann's body. Uh, at first, his daughters sat there and watched him wrap, them, uh, wrap their mom in a sheet and they kept asking what's wrong with her, you know, and three and four year olds are so inquisitive. And he said she was sleeping. Yeah, that he was, she was just sleeping. So he took the girls and brought Shanann's body down to the garage where he wrapped her head and her feet in garbage bags. He backed his truck into the garage like we saw on the neighbor's tent. And he put her in the back seat on the floor and he got the little girls, he got Cece and Bella to sit up on the bench seat of his truck in the back. In their car seats, which... No, no car seats. Oh, no car seats. No car seats. Oh. Just willy-nilly. Yep. So they kept asking, again, because they're three and four, they kept asking, and their moms are everything. They're, you know, yeah. they had just spent the whole weekend away from her too and were probably saying like, mommy, 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 you know, and they don't even... They didn't even get a chance to see her. Now all of a sudden she's sleeping. You know, they must have kept asking what's wrong. On the wrong. floor wrapped in a gar wrapped with garbage, garbage bags, bags and a sheet. sheet. Yeah. 
They drove for about an hour to uh, the Anadarko site and he pretty much got out. He uh, left the girls in the truck and he went to go bury Shanann. He dug a really, really shallow hole because he broke the rake that he brought there. So I thought he was just a lazy dog. No, 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 that was that Saturday. (laughs) So he, yeah, he had tried to dig a hole to put Shanann's body in. The rake broke and because there was a bunch of like plant matter so he couldn't dig as well so he said as he unwrapped the sheet her body fell in face first he was so angry with her that he left her like that and he said he barely even put three inches of dirt on her so after that he returned to the truck and he smothered Cece with her blanket right in front of bella as bella sat there quietly when he went to do the same thing to bella he said that she fought him and just yelled daddy no as he held her blanket over her face he told FBI when they were interviewing him that he's going to hear that in his head and see that for the rest of his life. Bella saying, Daddy, no. That's what probably made him Good. seek out religion. Good. Because he, what happened was he killed his kids and then he walked up to these ladders of the oil tanks, like I said, and he stuffed their bodies into these little tiny eight-inch holes. And that's why he said he didn't put Shanann in there because she was too big. It would have taken him too long. Well, even to get the kids in there, he must have, like, it, it, I don't even want to say what he must have done to get them in there, but that's that's brutal. That's even more brutal than anything, I think. Again, if you're going to kill your kids, those are, you created those children for you to kill them and then to just dispose of their body into an oil vat where you work for that company. You know what's in there. You know, throwing your baby's body into an oil vat of something that is corrosive, that is all these things, obviously hoping that it will take away the evidence. But why would you only bury your wife like yeah, barely on the, it was like on the surface. He had buried her on the surface. 10, 10 a.m. that same morning, he googled the lyrics to a Metallica song called Battery and I don't know the full lyrics of that song I'm not a huge Metallica fan I mean I don't have any problem with them but I know that parts of the lyrics say you cannot kill the family and uh also that same morning he called in the morning and unenrolled his kids which would have been a red flag yeah where did he say they were going I have no idea he just unenrolled them Um, because also, if you go back and you watch the tape of him uh, on Denver 7 doing his interview, you can hear in his word, in his language, the language that he uses, he's speaking in the past tense. If you have ever watched Forensic Files or any kind of investigative series, they're going to tell you that's one of the main things. If you know someone's dead, you're going to talk about them in the past because you know they're no longer alive. So he says, yeah, Bella was supposed to start kindergarten next week. It's like, well, what if, it, bitch, how do you know she's gone forever? What if yeah. What if your wife really is pissed off at you, like you said, if you're trying to sell it? And is she going to come back next week before Bella starts kindergarten? Like, no, because you fucking killed them. You know she's not starting kindergarten because you fucking smothered your four-year-old daughter. A oh. horrible human being. And then he was also texting with his real estate agent, talking about, about selling their house. And it was like a, you could see on the text messages, it's a three-way convo, like an A and B and C conversation. And it's only him texting. And it's funny because you could tell in those videos, like my mom said, who wore the pants in the relationship. Yeah. It was definitely Shanann. So you could see the realtors like, hey, how come Shanann's not weighing in on any of this? And then he unknowingly ratting himself out, texting with her has to say, oh, I know I'm actually so worried about her. I've been trying to get a hold of her. All day, and she's not answering. But you're gonna go and make the decision to sell the house when you can't get a hold of your wife? 
because your fairy tale life's gonna work out well with your mistress. Uh, no one's gonna care that your kids and wife are missing. So while Shannon and the kids were away for the five weeks. Yeah, for the five weeks when they went away, it actually all came out that there's a, you know, the bit of a timeline. So pretty much June 11th is when Shanann told Chris that she was pregnant. And remember, he looked excited, right? And uh, there's another video on June 14th of Bella singing about her dad. It's the saddest video. She's saying that she loves her dad and a hero. He's her hero and all this stuff. So on that same day when Bella is recorded doing that video that's the same day that he exchanged information with nicole and not just on a work basis because nicole worked for the same company as him Uh, she was contracted out but she was actually a geologist so you can see some email exchanges between them that were pretty professional but this day june 14th is the day that he put all her info in his private phone and his personal phone so on the 17th so only four days later three days later he tells her that he is married but that he is in the midst of a separation he says he has kids he admits to her that he has kids and it was around father's day because nicole's interviewed later and says that you know it kind of came out that he had kids because it was father's day and she says like oh it was really cute like he was a really cute dad and i had no idea who's gonna do this and <laughs> but hey listen to this that this song about murdering your whole family yeah so apparently also on july 4th uh shanann had not heard from chris and had called all morning because she was really concerned because she hadn't heard from him and honestly it was probably more like to call him to to give him shit like why aren't you answering the phone which of course you're gonna do because you're in north carolina and he's in colorado so and especially if you're used to kind of keeping tabs on where he is and knowing right and she's like i said far away and being cold and being all these things you get that gut feeling of something and you know that kind of takes over you and apparently that day was the first day uh, he had actually woken up at nicole's house and he had uh, woken up to all these missed calls and said to her, I have to go home. My wife is calling me. So she knew all about the wife. Like she can say, obviously now, because look at how, you know, you're, okay, not only were you having an affair with a married man, the married man just killed every single person in his family and is still continuing to try to have a relationship with you. So, so crazy. Yeah, she wasn't the innocent little... No, because, she because be. yeah, on the 14th of July, they went on a date together and then there's nudes in his phone from, from July 18th. So again, if you look, they just started talking around the 14th of June personally. And by July 14th, they're almost fully dating. Yeah. So, they're pretty serious by that point. Yeah. The 20 in the end of July, they went on, there's pictures. They went on a sand dunes vacation and she made this like personal private video. Like, thanks so much for coming with me, Chris. Like your company means the world to me and blah, blah, blah. And you can see pictures of them making like kissing and they look very romantic, romanticized. And a couple days later he had to go cause he was going to meet his family in North Carolina and he gave her a love letter, uh, which was a card, and it had the lyrics to a song from the band, Through the Roots, and he left and went on a vacation with his family after giving that to her. Yeah, and you can see that, obviously, the lyrics to that are, like, super gushy, and, like, yeah. you know, I want you, and obviously, again, you know, she's not... She says that she 
didn't know that he was married, but how could you not know? Well, on if you looked at Nicole's search history, because the police officers are going to investigate everything, they need to make sure she didn't instruct him to kill his family, which I don't think that she instructed him to do it, but I think that, for, honestly, I have a, a weird feeling that she had more to do with it than, than she says she did. Well, and the funny thing, too, is that if you don't think someone is with their husband, fine, but being that Shanann Watts was such a poster and anyone could access that information, you can still access it to this day. If you go onto her Facebook page, there's the video of her telling him she's pregnant. All of that is still on there. And if I can see it, then sure as hell Nicole could see the whole thing. I don't know. You're pretty good, like I said yeah. earlier. <laughs> but no, it's true. If you are really going to do some digging into the person that you just thought was married to the guy that you're with, it's funny because she looked up her name before they even started talking. Yeah. So she probably had seen him at work and seen that he, you know, who he was and kind of narrowed it down. It wouldn't be hard to say, like, oh, what's his wife's name and creep her on Facebook. But he deleted his Facebook around the time he started having an affair with her because he didn't want, he didn't want, yeah, to be tagged. And especially you see how much stuff Shanann posted. Like she said on Father's Day, Oh my God. Like, yeah. Thank you for everything you do for us. We love you so much. And yeah, she was public. So it wouldn't be that hard to well, figure out. Well, I'm sure Nicole probably saw all of that. I mean, she had some pretty scandalous Google searches on her phone when they took it and searched through it. Some of which were, uh, well, before any of this even happened on August 4th, she had been searching for wedding dresses for two hours. I mean, yeah. For two hours. Like, God. And I don't really think it matters what dress you wear when the person you want to marry is already married because yeah, now they're going to spend the rest of their lives in jail, but oh well. So she also had searches. Um, does everybody hate Amber Fry? And Amber Fry, again, if you're familiar with true crime, comes back to the Lacey Peterson murder where Scott Peterson murdered his pregnant wife, Lacey. And was having an affair with Amber, with Fry. Amber Fry, which there was some crazy shit because you can actually tell Amber Fry had no nothing no. to do with it. She had no idea because he would call and say that he was like, "What was one ruse?" He was I'm at the Eiffel Tower, Eiffel Tower for New Year's, but it's like really he's at the search party for his wife. Yeah, he's at the candlelight vigil. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff. That's one that we'll definitely cover one day. Definitely. Yeah. So. Anyway, basically at the end of the day, Chris was having an affair with her. Who knows if she had anything to do with it? He said she didn't. But now because he found religion, he says that she's an evil woman and, you know, don't tempt the, the temptress will tempt you or whatever. So all the usual bullshit and not being able to take responsibility for your own actions. And I just read um, today, actually, that she has changed her name legally. I guess she didn't want to google if her everyone hated nicole kessinger <laughs> yeah well so moral of the story is i guess chris watts decided that a new life would be better with a new woman and that his kids and wife could be killed and no one would ever question it and he would just go along with a happy life so for as much as it looked like he planned the whole thing he did a horrible fucking job yeah yeah so not very well thought out there buddy no and usually, actually, crimes and psychology of familicide uh, is defined as used to describe cases where a parent, usually the father, kills his wife and children and then himself. 
but he missed the last step. Basically, he totally annihilated his family and was going to just start start fresh. Except we never thought past the steps of getting rid of their bodies in the most shabby way possible. Yeah, and it's sad because someone's inviting you into their lives. Obviously, they're going to show you you know, parts of themselves. And I guess there's been people that say that Shanann was overbearing and she was controlling and she basically had pushed Chris to kill her, which is like a divorce would be good. Like a divorce is fine. Yeah, I mean, it's never easy to go through a divorce and it's never easy to go through a custody battle. But those would have been a hell of a lot easier and simpler than a murder trial where you murdered your whole entire family. So, yeah. So that was case four that we decided to cover today. The murder of Shanann, Cece, and Bella Watts, as well as Nico. Thank you very much for joining us for episode four. And Danica did a great job this week. It was her turn to research and bring the case that she wanted to bring. So thanks, Danica. Oh, you are so welcome. And again, the reason that I chose this case is because it's getting a lot of attention right now. So I just wanted to bring it more attention and kind of bring light to how big of a piece of shit this guy was. And yeah, (laughs) yeah, basically. So join us next week as I talk murder with my mother. Bye guys.